by reading your Bible. And it's really important that we're doing that. The third one was communion. Just focusing on the body and the blood of Jesus. Um, it can be a very, very uh, awesome and quick reset of our thinking, of our perceptions, of our circumstances when we focus on what Jesus has done on the cross. So that was last week. Um, and this week, I want to talk about mainly today the over the overarching thing is prayer. How do we fix our eyes on Jesus? By prayer. It's one of the most effective ways. Um, and every day as Christians, we should be in prayer. Okay, we know that. We should be praying. And some people have the idea that prayer is boring and a chore. And if that's your thinking, then we just need to change your mind real quick. Um, and perhaps, if that's your thinking, it's just become a religious activity instead of a relational exchange. Prayer is a relational exchange. I talk to God and he talks back. And then I talk to God and he talks back. And so on and so forth, right? Um, Philippians 4, 6-7 in the NLT, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That, that one little thing, you can tattoo that on your brain. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Anytime you feel worried, this is the scripture that needs to come to your mind. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And then it tells you exactly what to do. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that an awesome scripture? Other translations say, be anxious for nothing. Christians, we should be in a constant place of peace. If your heart is anxious, if you're worried about something, it's simply a little red flag that reminds you to fix your eyes back on Jesus. And one of the best ways to do that is to talk to him. It's so simple, isn't it? So simple. And I know it's so simple, but I'm, I'm here today to spur you on to actually do it. Because too many of us are wearing ourselves out fighting in the natural realm when the problem causing the circumstance we are fighting against are in the spiritual realm. I'm going to say that again. Too many of us are wearing ourselves out fighting in the natural realm when the problems causing the circumstance we are fighting against are in the spiritual realm. So everything that happens here is a reflection of what's going on in the spiritual realm. And too often we are like, oh my gosh, my kids are being crazy and we're, like we're trying to like put out fires everywhere when if we just pray and seek the Lord for wisdom as to what's going on in the spiritual realm, we can actually deal with it there and then it manifests here on earth, the peace of God, right? Not really preaching about that today. But I do want to go to a scripture 
that I can't not go to when we're talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is somewhere that the Lord takes me many, many times every year if I forget. I literally, I will, he will be like, if I'm freaking out about something, he'll be like, go read 2 Chronicles 20. It's an Old Testament scripture. It's an awesome one. It's one that I love. And it's entitled Jehoshaphat's Prayer. And anytime my focus and gaze is not on Jesus and I need a reminder practically of what to do, this is where the Lord will take me. And there's actually, there's like 10 points. There's probably more. I've got like 10, 10 numbers in the columns where I've written notes. And there's 10 points in this scripture. I'm not going to talk about 10 today. I'm only going to talk about five. So you can be like, oh, praise the Lord. Okay? But it's your homework to go and read through this this week and see if you can find more. See if you can find 10. See if you can find 11 or 12. There are probably more. Right? I can't wait till I get like, all these text messages saying, no, man, I found the 10. Let's be like word nerds. Let's get excited about homework that you get at church, right? This is how you grow, because you go home and you think about it and you meditate on it and you don't just take my word for it because it has to become real for you, right? You have to, you have to take it home and own it for yourself, otherwise you're not going to grow. All right, so just a little bit of backstory. You've heard me talk about this before, I apologise be washed again in the word. Um, a little bit of a backstory. King Jehoshaphat was a king. He was the king of Judah. And there was um, multiple um, countries that had joined forces and they were coming against him in battle. Okay, so scary situation he finds himself in. And in fact, um, the scripture actually says, let me see what it says. It says, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom. So imagine being a king and knowing there's multiple countries and they've gathered their armies together into one big army and they're coming against you, right? So he's got a very big problem. And we're going to pick up the story in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3. And it says, then Jehoshaphat was afraid. Who would be afraid? And set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Point number one, seek the Lord in prayer. Seek the Lord in prayer. Um, King Jehoshaphat, his response to fear was to seek the Lord. What did that look like? He called a fast and he called all the people of Judah to seek the Lord. So it wasn't just him. He's like, my whole country, you're going to fast and you're going to seek the Lord with me. Right? Yeah. What's your response to fear? We need 
where people ring me up and they're like, no, I've got a crisis. It's very, like, I'm just wired to be like, what's the Lord said about that? What's God saying? Right? Don't want to scare you away from ringing me up. But that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to be like, have you asked the Lord? Because he knows way more than I do. And I can give you wisdom. I can, I can inquire of the Lord too. But we need to learn to inquire of the Lord and be like, I'm going to seek the Lord because I know he's got wisdom for me. I know he's got an answer, right? Um, we're going to go to verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. So he started to pray, and the first thing he does is he reminds himself how big God is. And that's our number two point. Remind yourself how big God is. We were talking last week that God has to get bigger in our lives, bigger than everything else. And so we need to do that. We need to learn how to um, exalt God. Let Him get really big in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. And so how do we do that? We, like, just remember. Remember how big God is. Thank you, God. You're my Father. Thank you, God, that you created the world. Everything I see, you made it by speaking just a word. Wow, there's the ocean there. You, you saw it in your imagination and you spoke it into being. Trees, mountains, people, you breathed into dirt and a man appeared. It's great, but God is so much bigger than we give him credit for. And we very quickly forget because we're like... We have this human thinking. We're like stuck in this human, I don't know. But we need to remember, God is amazing. He's so much greater. Right? All power and might is in your hands, God. Thank you, Jesus. You have the keys of death and hell. I was reading Revelation and it talks about Jesus has got the keys of death and hell in his hands. It's like, oh, yes, God. Isn't that amazing? Man, Jesus, you have defeated all principality, power, dominion, and every name that is to be named. Your name is higher and greater and stronger and more mighty and more powerful. Right? We need to learn how to, how to exalt the Lord and give him the praise and the glory that is due his name. Because when you start praying that way, man, it builds up your spirit. And all of a sudden, your tiny little problems, they look like ants because God is so big. Does that make sense? Amen. So let's get good at doing that. 20 verse 7 says, so he's praying, he's like, God, you're amazing. Um, no one can stand against you. And then verse 7, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? What's he doing? He's recalling the faithfulness of God. And that's another key for us. 
when we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, another practical way that we can do this is by remembering and recalling the faithfulness of God. What has God done for you? We should have a list on our, we were talking about this at church group on Monday night. We need to have a list on our phone or a journal so that we can, we can remind ourselves when things get tough, you'd be like, no, God is faithful. Just like Carla was singing that beautiful song that she was singing about, God is faithful. What has God done for you? When have you seen him move in power in your life? Has he ever, have you ever seen God do anything amazing in your life? Can everyone give me a wave? Has God ever done anything amazing? Amen. Right. Write it down. Start a note on your phone. And then just keep adding to it every time he does something. So when you are like feeling low and you're like, I, I know I need to fix my eyes on Jesus right now. You pull that out and you're like, thank you, God. Thank you for the time you came through. Thank you for the time I found $100 in my wallet. <laughs> Amen. Remind yourself of the provision of God, the protection of God. Remind yourself every time he's spoken personally to you. Do you know what? Every time you see him in the quiet place and you hear him speak, that's amazing. That's amazing because he's so personal. Man, remind yourself. And when you can't think of anything, go into scripture. Go into scripture and just read amazing um, accounts of the wonderful things the Lord has done. Man, you don't have to look very far. You're the God of power. You raised Jesus from the dead. You healed the sick. You raised the dead. You cast out demons with a word, right? You're the God of the miraculous. You parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could go through. You provided food for them on the ground every single day for 40 years. Their clothes never wore out for 40 years. Isn't that insane? Like, it's miraculous. That whole, even though they were disobedient and grumbling and complaining, man, the Lord was so faithful and so kind and he provided for them. The faithfulness of God. Man, God, you're the God of provision. You can turn two fish and five loaves into enough to feed 5,000 men. Incredible. You can turn water into wine. You can pay tax through the mouth of a fish. Like, there's crazy stories. Remember the faithful... Sam's just like, thank you very much. We're going fishing next week. <laughs> Amen. We just need to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. And just this one thing will shift your focus from your problems and increase your faith. That's what it does. Because if he's done it before, he can do it again. Right? Amen. And every time I remember all the Lord has done, it stirs up my spirit and it fires me up. It like it puts a fire on my faith and it increases my expectation that God can do it again. Right? Praise God. All right, we're going to skip down to verse 12. So 
So Joe Hasselhart's praying, he's remembered God's amazing, he's recalled the faithfulness of God, and then he's like in verse 12, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Isn't that awesome? I'm not going to preach on that. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Isn't that amazing? Can I just say that when you learn to wait upon the Lord, He will answer and direction will come. Sometimes we're just too impatient. We're impatient. We need to learn to wait upon the Lord. This guy called out the whole country. The whole country. Can you imagine standing with your kids, just waiting on the Lord? And then boom, the Spirit of God comes upon the prophet and then there's an answer. Isn't that amazing? Imagine if Australia with all their little ones. So amazing. So my point number four, it's wait on God and obey his instructions. Wait on God and obey his instructions. It's really important. Um, I have a bit of a testimony about this. I have many, but here's one. Um, A few weeks ago, I, every most... Most mornings, I sleep in on Saturday, so not Saturday morning, I don't get up early, but every other morning, I get up early to spend time with the Lord, make a cup of tea, open the Bible, get in the Word, and pray, and talk to the Father, and listen, spend time listening. We should spend at least as much time listening as we do talking, when when we're spending time with the Lord, because He's got things to say. Anyway... Uh, I can't remember what I was praying about, but I heard a little whisper in my spirit from the Holy Spirit. And he said, Naomi, I want you to read, um, what's the book called? I've just gone blank. The Name of Jesus. So it's a book by Kenneth Hagin, and it's called The Name of Jesus. And so I was like, okay. Down, I was like straight away, downloaded it. I'm a Kindle girl, so got up my Kindle. Um, and just started reading that. So a couple of chapters, and I'm, I'm not completely finished. I'm probably about 60% of the way through. 
Um, and it, what is in the book, it's not revelatory, it's not new information, but it is, um, what's it doing? It's firing me up. That's what it's doing. It's firing me up. It's reminding me of the power of the name of Jesus. Anyway, fast forward two weeks and I get a phone call on Monday out of the blue and I get called to a school because there's a boy who's manifesting a demon, right? Full on manifestation of a demon. And I walk in, I wasn't afraid because what have I been feasting on? What the Lord told me two weeks ago, right? And um, so, you know, it's a full-on hectic. I've seen it on, on like, you know, videos of like people dealing with demon-possessed people or people that are oppressed by demons. I have never had the experience of doing it myself, right? So the, it's it's like crazy, and there's like. Teacher, like there's three like teachers. This is not like a Christian Christian school, so it's like a full-on situation. Anyway, I just walk in and I'm like, oh, we're gonna get rid of this thing. So I'm just like, everyone, I'm just gonna pray. In the name of Jesus, get out. Um, and you know, this demon, it was chubby. It was it, it was not afraid to say its name. It was not afraid to like mock. And, and be like, um, you know, it was even saying, I can't, I can't believe you actually think this is going to work. And then when, when that came out, I felt the Spirit of God come on me. And I was like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, get out. And, and he, like, it left. It left this kid. Um, and, and the kid, like, came, came back. He, he, he could then know that he, he was free and just like crying and being like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Um, because I have been equipped by the Lord to deal with something. I didn't know that was coming up. Um, but because I've been obedient to feast on what the Lord had told me to do, I was equipped to deal with that situation. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't freaked out. I just knew I had the authority and I dealt with it and it was done. And I got the car and was like, that was so easy. Amen. And so it should be. Amen. That should be normal. We can rebuke demons. We can set people free by the power of the name of Jesus, right? But the thing is, because I was obedient to that little whisper when I was seeking the Lord, I was ready for that. Does that make sense? So we need to make sure we are ready by being obedient to what the Lord tells us to do. Because if you're listening, He has instruction and wisdom for you. Right? So exciting. Actually, let's just flip over. Can we just pause and flip over? going off grid now. Watch out. I was in 1 John 